0: Because it's been simplified to its core, that makes it so that it's universally understood. Yeah. Beautiful concept, totally wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Did I Do That? It's a podcast about graphic design and sort of, you know, the the, the ups and downs of practice and, and some of the mistakes we make along the way, because, you know, that's part of the process, too. Uh, I'm Sean Schumacher, and joining me today a very special guest, uh, a friend, an alumni of the program that I teach in, um, a, a a creative powerhouse. Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> it's Ethan Allen Smith.
0: Hi, hi. This is great. I'm so I'm so glad to be here. It is true. I, I I'm grateful you called me a creative powerhouse, but really, I you just, are. Oh, awesome. I'll just take it. I'm just going to take that as a compliment. <laughs> And be quiet. <laughs> Did I do that? <laughs> Did I do that? Is it too dumb? No, I really like that actually because um, I, it's funny. Speaking of the program, I had this idea that I still want to do. I had this idea when I was still a student here, and uh, and I and I really I really want to do it. Is we have on the walls when it's when it's the in the before times, <laughs> <laughs> the, the long long ago. Yeah, when we actually had people in buildings. Yeah. Uh, the walls were always filled with work and it was always the finished work and it was always the work that was kind of the peak of school. It was great to be able to walk through and flip through it and get a sense of what other students are doing and feel, you know, really bad about yourself. (laughs) 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 Feel challenged for your next project. That's a better way to put it. And uh, except that the part of, but the the part of the process that I really enjoy the most is the things that we've really just abandoned. Yeah. And and sometimes you have to abandon work halfway through to get to better work. And we've all done that. I certainly did that. Oh, God. Where I, so many I, I'm nearly done with a project and realizing nothing about this is working. <laughs> 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 I, I'm literally going to go back to my sketchbook and throw it away. Well, I want to have a wall in each of the restrooms that's called... Like,
1: uh, I don't even know like, what like to Like a call it. museum of of discarded of work? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> of, the
0: st- of the stuff that we were initially proud of, or maybe stuff that we had to abandon because it was a good idea, but we didn't have enough time. Yeah. You know, any number of reasons to abandon it, that's still valuable. And it would just be really funny to put in the bathrooms. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just like you you walk into a stall and everything's very normal. And then you you open that door and there's just, yeah work absolutely mountains of work uh, in pamphlets there.
0: sketches good bad ideas good ideas gone astray yeah yeah i lo- I i absolutely rejected love
1: idea. ideas
0: <laughs> so, so did i do that is such a great ex- i mean like that really is the crux of what we're doing yeah
1: and i mean what i like about it too is that it's not there's nothing that's ever used that particular phrase as far as i have been able to tell there's no there's well i mean other than a certain '90s TV show, I don't know what is this. <laughs>
0: <I've> <laughs> do you never, really not know? <laughs> I mean, because I didn't watch it, but I can I can say it. Did I do that? I like. I think
1: oh, that voice means nothing to me. No, <laughs> um, I, I do have a, a certain hankering for cheese now, but maybe. I don't. I don't really know what that is. <laughs> uh, um,
0: so I, I shouldn't. I actually like, I like that that it calls back. There's a, there was an episode of New Girl where um, they they say that, and they're hanging out with a bunch of of much younger, you know. Uh, people uh, X-ennials or exa-
1: well, exennials or whatever well
0: whatever they tall, thought the, the that was going ones. to be called oh. yeah, the, 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 the millenn- they were younger millennials i think and and so jess in the show says did i do that and they had thought she thought they thought it was hilarious <laughs> cuz they'd never heard it before so i think we've actually approached a time where we can use did i do that and everybody who knows will know yeah so i don't i i like it <laughs> Well, and then we look back at our work, like updating our portfolio is one of the hardest, most stressful things to do. And yeah. we none of us do it enough or in the right ways. Um, and it's it's the feeling that you
1: have as you're going through yeah. that work again, I, like, oh, Jesus. Right. What what was I thinking? Yeah. What even was this? Well, and I
0: there's there's a piece of work on my portfolio that's still that's from 2013. And I still keep it up because I'm genuinely proud of it. I feel like it'll hold the test of time. And it shows something. It shows a piece of work that, like, highlights what I'm capable of. Yeah. But the number of projects that have dropped away <laughs> that I was actually <laughs> proud of before and after that project. Yeah. I look back on and, like, boy, it's no wonder I didn't get hired at that other agency. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, <laughs> we can see that you can do that really one good thing. But what were you thinking on this other
1: one? No, did I do that? It's a great title. <laughs> well, it's. I mean, I think with that process in particular like there's there's a there's a self-criticality that is so hard because it is really easy to like overcompensate and to go straight into like oh god i hate everything but then you have to make something so you're uh, you're coming at it from a very negative place I,
0: I agree and like i'll i'll retell a story that that you've heard me tell before <laughs> Recently,
1: um, it's it's new to the listener. It's
0: new to the listener. That like the difference between fine art and design. Yeah, right. And I love this description of it. And that's if you you walk into a room and there's a piece of fine art on one wall, a piece of design on the other, and a viewer walks in and they have the same reaction to both. To the fine artist, it's going to sound like a compliment. To the designer, it's going to sound like a criticism. And <laughs> can I swear? Yes. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um, <laughs> and that's if the person walks in and looks at the piece and goes. You know, I don't get it. And the and the fine artist is like, yeah, cool, sweet. Think about it. All right, you know, you gotta think about that a little longer. It's know? a thinker. Yeah, that's a that's, it's deep, man. You know. And the designer hears that and goes, shit. <laughs> 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 I completely missed the mark. What am I even doing with my life? I should, I should just, <laughs> I should uh, join the army, do pick up trash. What, what I need a new line of work. And uh, and it's because we are constantly like we are required to create not just an emotional connection to the to, to our viewers yeah uh, to the people who see our work but also an explicit message yeah it says something they they have to be able to read it and understand it uh, it has to be understandable to the audience that you're even if that audience is one person or 10 people or 100 people or a thousand people or a million people when it gets you know real tricky you're creating a piece of work that is intended to be understood. Yeah. And so you look back, I look back on my work. I mean, I can only speak for myself. I look back on my work and the, the things that are the most fascinatingly bad (laughs) are the ones that were really pretty and, yeah. and meaningless Oh. where I was really, and I'm still really proud of my ability to do it. Yeah. But I look at it and I think, ah, oh, I, I was not paying attention to the message or the, or the audience or the messenger or the style.
1: <laughs> this, this is a painting yeah. in a gallery. D- did I
0: do that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I gave myself a goal as a teenager. I'm, I'm one of the lucky few in the world. Really? Uh, I discovered design as a kid i mean it didn't discover my aunt is a uh, it's still a designer my uncle's still a designer wow but yeah they were when i was kids they're here in town actually um i think my uncle worked for white and kennedy back in the 80s or something and oh yeah like way back so i grew up knowing that graphic design was a career choice so literally my first job in my life was as a graphic designer and um and I gave myself the goal as a teenager that I wanted to design something. And of course, I was also doing like, I couldn't play music because I have no musical talent of any kind. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that meant that I was always any, making. Anyone
1: who's heard my singing will yeah. also attest oh, sing, to that.
0: Singing, what's that? Um, yeah, I, I, and I tried, you know, but I can't, I have no rhythm and, um, uh, and my fingers just
1: don't do whatever guitars need them to do. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a lot of things. It's a lot. I mean, I, I wonder sometimes with a lot of instruments, if you had to do that from scratch, would you do it that way? Because, like, there's a lot Some of people did. different mean, things on guitars. Somebody that-
0: invented the French horn. You know, somebody was like, you know, how can I make this harder?
1: <laughs> <laughs> how many times can it loop
0: around? Exactly. So so I ended up doing all the CD covers and flyers for all the punk rock band, punk rock bands in town. Well, um. I, so I gave myself a goal. I wanted to design something that a million people saw. And, I, and I'm like, that's. Wow. Right. Like, that's cool. Except that I met that goal pretty early, simply because of the work that I was doing. Yeah. Um, in my whatever. I think I was probably 20. And, and it wasn't particularly good work. I mean, it was fine. But now <laughs> I, I'm, I am, I, I'm functionally in charge of Jordan.com. Uh, that's quite a big if, that's quite a big thing if only a million people see my work now i have failed <laughs> <laughs> and that's a weird metric now yeah and so i've stopped years ago years ago i have stopped measuring my success against what we now refer to as clicks likes and yeah and 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 reach and i find new ways to measure my success and one of those is like did i create an emotional connection yeah in some way i will find different ways to, to measure success on, on various projects that i create an emotional connection with a particular audience and that's much more that's much more valuable in understanding whether or not i'm doing my job right yeah then i'm getting the ideas right whether or not the design you know and i know i you know and now i'm not doing as much of the design because i'm working with a team of people who are doing the design but uh it, that's that's when I look back and I think, well, did I, did I do that? Did I just miss, I just completely missed the mark because <laughs> I was too focused on having a million people see it.
1: Yeah. You know, and they did. And- well, I mean, that, that gets you, that's get, gets you a lot of billboard work. Certainly. Yeah,
0: it was a magazine. That's
1: why. Oh I, yeah. Healthy pet magazine. Well, that's not a problem that modern magazines have. So, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Although I was, this, it's weird though, cause I was one of the founders, I guess. Uh, I was, first, I was certainly the first designer um of what is called healthy pet magazine which is now oh i've seen that everybody has because if you take your dog to the vet instead of sending you a postcard it's it's for all the antech and i'm 20 years yeah. old now um if you take your animal to the vet they used to send you like a postcard that's got snoopy on it or whatever it says bring your animal back yeah. um, instead they send you this magazine it does the exact same thing it's still a reminder
1: costs the dentists the same amount or dentists the veterinarians <laughs> same amount. i mean they do dentists when do you too. think about veterinarians yeah. like they're doing dentistry they're doing that's true they're doing internal stuff yeah you got to know a lot more stuff and multiple species yeah it's true so
0: i so it was a magazine so in the in the early 2000s making a magazine uh, having a million people see a magazine you made it's not it's not that it's easy but it wasn't hard yeah. <laughs> you just have to be the designer on a magazine and then you're done. And uh am I proud of that work? That I did it, yes. Yeah. Is it in my portfolio? Not a chance.
1: But I mean it's a it's a stepping stone too.
0: It was. Yeah, that was a wild one too. Cause that was that was like like the wild west days of of the first dot com boom. And oh yeah. The original idea was not the magazine we were gonna create um uh, an online store to sell pet products.
1: Oh, well, I can't think of anything during that dot com boom that maybe had a problem related to <laughs> no, selling pet products online. In
0: fact, uh, one of our primary competitors was pets.com and when they came out with their Super Bowl commercial, we were stoked because we knew that they we knew that they had gotten a 10 million dollar um check from gosh, AOL, I think. That sounds about right and uh and they blew half of that, it cost them five million dollars to put up a Super Bowl commercial when that doesn't count the cost of the production.
1: <laughs> well, I'm sure that was exorbitant what with the the hand puppet that they oh
0: my had. gosh so <laughs> it it looked like we were failing there were four there were four major or were, none of us were really major, you know, but there were four companies all kind of vying for this market, yeah, and um they were the first to have national attention. Another one was super focused, petquarters.com. That was a different one. They were super focused on investors and uh, and we were f- focused on direct market. Uh, and so the original idea was to create what we called animalavenue.com. And the magazine was our way of advertising for it. And because we had had, the, my boss has had relationships with veterinarians because he was a salesman. He's like, okay, we're going to we're going to do this magazine it's going to go into the homes of people we know have pets wow we'll have an ad for animalavenue.com we have an instant market okay well the website failed <laughs> 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 and i spent so
1: this this is the rare pivot to print for right? a wild right for a media company mm-hmm. huh
0: and uh i spent hours in that warehouse taking pictures of and writing down Details about
1: about pet products for
0: hours and hours and
1: hours. <laughs> Wait, so you were were you, you were writing the descriptions for the oh, things yeah. on the website? There were, oh, there were four God. of us, then five
0: of us, then six of us. Like, at, oh. and um, my one of my best friends was the IT manager, so he was managing the website, and I was doing all of the design—the design for the website, the design for the magazine, the design. We also to pay the bills, um, we we created uh Avery Dennison's, the people who make highlighters oh yeah we created their first website their f- ever but at the time that meant that I was literally r- typing in UPC codes oh no into spreadsheets yeah yeah I mean this is like I said it was the, it was the wild west none of us had a clue what we were doing
1: it's uh, very uh, fitting for their products that are still not very technological somehow no
0: their website still sucks Anyway, so so yeah, so we we made the magazine originally as an advertising trick. It was actually just a total scam. I mean, it was a great <laughs> scam, but my bosses were salesmen, and they were just trying to walk out with cash, and uh, and they did. They sold the company to this other company, which was then eventually sold to VCA. VCA was recently purchased by um, the Mars Corporation. All right. Yeah. And the reason that is is because Mars owns Purina. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that just happened a couple years ago. So I've watched all of this unfold over the years. I made no money. (laughs) 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 I made a salary while I was there. I got I got stock that's worth nothing. (laughs) you know they were com- they were like <laughs> common shares of a company that no longer exists it's a- and so it really was just the wild west i should be a millionaire they were all mil- they all made millions oh great yeah 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 and uh, and i don't care i that's that
1: uh, the most it, important thing is that the rich people
0: were okay exactly the people who had money have, now have more money that's yeah. great um, but it was, but it was neat to be able to make a magazine that a bunch of people saw. So. That's wild. So and to make a magazine that and still
1: exists and I can exists. go to Whole Foods and get, Oh, you know where I've seen it? It's not, it's not at the Whole Foods here. It's at the Whole Foods in Las Vegas, which oh, is that, my hometown. That and actually makes sense. Has a bajillion free magazines. Yes. Yeah, we in, were, we were based out of Southern California.
0: So, wow. Yeah. I worked in Santa Monica for a minute for more than a minute for a long time. That was the worst commute of my life. <laughs> People famously love did I, that. Talk about, did I do that? No, this is true. Talk about, this is, this is actually on point with that title. Did I do that? So um, I was living in Orange County. Anyone who's even been to Southern California is going to know how insane this is. And, and, and the number of people that we do this to ourselves when we're in Southern California is, is absurd. Um, living in Orange County, the office was in Santa Monica. There was not a chance I could afford to live in Santa Monica. No. Um,
1: but, I don't know Southern California
0: very well, but I know
1: that. Yeah. So,
0: um, instead, this is why I was dating my wife and, and what we would do is we, I would go after work, I'd go directly to her place. We'd like, I'd fall asleep. I'd take a nap or, you know, we'd hang out, we'd eat, we'd watch a movie. And then I would leave her place at whatever, like two in the morning. Yeah. And I would drive to work because at two or three in the morning, it was, oh. it, it was only 35 miles. So it would only take half an hour yeah. on the freeways when they were empty at night. And then I would, cry, I would sleep in my car until, I, until about six o'clock and I would clock in so I could leave at three, beat the worst of traffic, but it would still take me about an hour and 90 minutes, you know, on a good day to get home. Oh, God. It's a nightmare no matter what. But yeah. I, I did that for years. I like just, it was a fine paying job. And so there was a lot of benefits to being in that building. Not enough that I could move there, yeah. but so many that I didn't want to get a different job. So when we got married, we had our honeymoon in Portland and then just stayed. <laughs> 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 like, no, no, no more. I can't. I, I was spending more on gas than I was on my rent. Yeah, I wasn't, and I was barely sleeping in my actual home, you know, except for the weekends of where I was living. That's
1: that sucks. It was terrible. That's very bad. Yeah, did
0: I do that? I did. And originally what I would say is I would move back if I could live and work in the same town. Yeah. But in order to do that, a, a house would cost $3 million 20 years ago. Yeah. And that, and that's just, you know, and so I have a bunch of friends who all defaulted on these interest only loans for homes so that they could stay living in Southern California.
1: Yeah. And,
0: and you know, and and then that, and then the housing crisis in 2008. And I was like, nope, like, nah, let's not, let's not, let's just not.
1: That was a, that was a big reason that I also left my hometown like i mean vegas got hit very very hard at the end of you know that the housing crisis like for a long time there were just like plowed out roads where there would have been subdivisions that never got built empty houses that had just been like picked clean of every scrap of copper precious precious (laughs) copper and it just it felt like i would rather live in a city maybe where it's been there for a couple years at least and there seems to be a limit on the amount that it can get bigger. Yeah, um, I,
0: I, have a, I have a good friend. He he works at Nike. I, w- I won't give more detail than that because I don't. I don't want to reveal his identity. Although I'm not about to talk bad about him or anything.
1: It's and, Batman, isn't
0: it? It is. It's Batman. Damn it! Secretly, but well, that's, that's his secret identity anyway. And uh,
1: he will never figure out who Batman is.
0: <laughs> he uh, um he and his wife are in Southern California and doing great high level work for a company that's kind of adjacent to the work that he's now doing at Nike the reason they moved to Portland was for that reason. They wanted to start a family yeah. and they were looking at house prices in Southern California. And it was either going to be that they would have a commute that would, that would murder them <laughs> 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 or, or be so far in debt that they, that they would never be able to escape or be able to feel like they could afford a family. Yeah. So Portland was this kind of nice halfway point where they could still afford a house. It, we still were big enough that we have some big town amenities, although you still can't get Chinese food at two in the morning. Um,
1: no, or basically anything, or anything on Sunday still.
0: Yeah, no. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, they could afford to buy a home. And so he's been at Nike now for years. And and he's really grateful that he did because he bought a house. And he's watching as even as Portland is now being priced out for his age group yeah Uh, his friends can can't afford to buy houses even in portland and so he feels really lucky
1: um thank you zillow oh my gosh appreciate all your help i mean
0: that's that's a different podcast
1: yeah uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's my other podcast thank you zillow about all all the good works of the zillow company
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we're just we're we're a nice we're we're a we're a big town
1: yeah we're not a
0: small city we are a big, a big town ta-
1: i think that's a yeah. very that's a
0: very good way of putting it yeah a really good friend of mine uh described it as if uh if new york and new hampshire had a baby <laughs> <laughs> and he could say that with some authority because he's lived
1: in new york new hampshire with all and the Portland. self-importance of both of those <laughs> exactly. places exactly
0: i had a conversation i won't tell you what it's with because you won't believe me but i, I had a conversation <laughs> was with it the, batman it wasn't it was, uh, it was maybe uh, yeah you know anyway it doesn't matter who it was uh, <laughs> and and what we were talking about was that New York, Texas and Portland, nobody loves where they're from more than the people in those places. Yeah. <laughs> we like we we irrationally love this city. And uh to 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 an irrational degree similar to to Texas and New York. That's at least what we thought.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, I think there's I I might make a case for Las Vegas in that just because, yeah, you know, there's not too many places that have the self-importance to call themselves the entertainment capital of the world, (laughs) despite (laughs) really having no evidence of that in the cultural investment that the city makes. But, you know, we've got we've got Penn and Teller. Uh, That's something. Well, they're still going.
0: All the stories I have about Vegas have nothing to do with entertainment. Or things that were entertaining.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, same here. Yeah.
0: So I don't know. I don't know. Except for the story about
1: where we pretended to be magicians to get into the magicians convention after party. Yeah, we did. Yeah. (laughs) We, We, me and me and a group of my friends were as art students close enough to magicians in appearance that we were able to get into the magician convention after party. No questions asked.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. I I opened up my portfolio. I actually almost brought the healthy pet, the first healthy pet magazine. And that, <laughs> it's the same the same thing as if it looks like a magazine i
1: would love it though i mean <laughs> over over on my 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 little library cart here in my yeah. my studio office i have a collection i i, oh. co- I collect industry trade magazines oh, that's, that's one great. of the things that i do and i my favorite is a magazine that i have subscribed to and they still keep sending me in spite of really little to no evidence that i'm in this industry <laughs> um huh? It is it is about the wastewater treatment industry and it is called Water World. Um, And it doesn't really seem I think maybe this is part of where the idea for the name of this podcast came from, because it doesn't seem to ever acknowledge that there was another film, another piece (laughs) of media out there with that name. Right. Like for all they know, they're going to go to Universal Studios one day and see the Waterworld stunt spectacular and be <laughs> like, wow, this is a, wow. I don't remember. They really love our magazine. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that I would encourage sloshing around that much in wastewater because that surely must be what it is. But I, I mean, I, I, more power to them, I guess. They, they've got a lot of explosions and jet skis. Um, but I like I love I love I love weird print materials yeah. because they are so I mean they're so specific to to their audiences yes. and to like their industries and like you can you know the person who's designing it is like thinking really really hard about yeah. like the ads really make sense in this with the layout more than any other magazine in the world I do yeah. I'm fascinated by that I, like I.
0: I have a sense that we will get back to, we will get back to print being a, a regular part of our lives in a way that we're right now. It's kind of, it kind of still is. Yeah. Um, oh gosh, it's a, but that's, I think, that's I a think, different tangent, but, but to your point, yeah. what, I, I'm with you. I love magazines that are weirdly hyper specific Yes. because they're, because even if their audience is only quote unquote only, 50, I mean, it might, 50, it might people, only be
1: me. They're, <laughs>
0: I don't know that you. I've seen
1: a lot of evidence that other people have <laughs> subscribed to Waterworld.
0: Well, like here's a here's a great stupid story about why it's this kind of things kind of magazines really will remain really important. I I spent the better part of a decade and this is now a decade ago. Um, every time I got on Facebook, I would mark every ad that I saw, not just I not just what I exit out, but I would mark every single one as offensive and it didn't matter what it was. Even if it was something I liked,
1: <laughs> I, you're just you're trying to break the algorithm as absolutely. hard as you can. And, and
0: this is years before they had any kind of real technology behind the algorithm the way they do these days. But every every ad, every ad, no matter what it was, I would mark it as offensive. And it really didn't take a long time. It took it it took maybe a year before I started seeing ads for tractors in Missouri. <gasps> I know. And oh, I started Ethan. seeing, oh, it was fantastic. I started seeing ads for like, uh, for, for, uh, cat, like local cat food. Yes. Like, please. Like, it was awesome. And I'd mark them all as offensive. And, <laughs> oh, <laughs> because see,
1: that's the sweet spot as far as I'm concerned. <laughs>
0: well, yes.
1: Local cat food. <laughs> <laughs> what
0: does that mean? It was, a, it, was a, it was a, it was like a local cat shelter in, I don't even remember. Oh, gosh. I want to say Connecticut. <laughs> I honestly don't remember. This is so many years ago. And then of course I'd mark it as offensive. And um Soiled cat is cat. <laughs> yeah, who knows? And uh and that's even now when the algorithms are hyper specific. Like if I'm scrolling through Instagram, which basically feels entirely like ads now. Yeah. The ads are very much for me. Like they've got me dialed. And uh and and it and it kind of bums me out because I'm not actually on Instagram because I, I really dig, like I get ads for motorcycles constantly because I ride a motorcycle, except that I I don't, I don't follow a lot of motorcycle. Some of my friends ride motorcycles and stuff, but I don't follow like motorcycle magazines. Like I'm not on Instagram to see motorcycle stuff. I'm on Instagram to see my friends, my family, my, my, you know, good photography. And, uh, and so it's catered to me, but it's not catered to the platform. And that's and that's part of the failing of algorithm that a magazine solves for automatically. Yeah. Because if you have a hyper specific market where you're sending this magazine, you know that your your publication is is going out to fifty thousand people. Every ad and every one of those fifty thousand people is gonna is gonna respond to every
1: one of those yes. ads. Yes, and that's why and so many of the others it. have like realized that I am my value is zero to them, and they've. <laughs> they cut me stuff. out of it. Yeah, probably. Smart Meetings magazine done. No, QSR, the the Quick Service you. Restaurant Industry magazine, <laughs> I'm gone.
0: They don't want you. You're not responding. No. Yeah. See, and I dig that because then it's for the individuals, for the audiences, for the magazines, for the people. It's a community of people who super care about good meetings. Like that's, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's that's what I think like that kind of understanding of of if if, advertising we're just going to call it advertising that kind of understanding uh, of advertising i think is so much more honest than what we get out of the algorithms in instagram because yes it's catering to me but i'm not actually on instagram to see the stuff that they're catering to me or like when you buy something on amazon like i bought a um uh what did i what did i buy recently i bought like a hammer and um it's shit! I just started seeing ads for hammers. It's like I already hey bought yeah. It.
1: I, I've noticed I, that a lot lately too. I, I don't need you 19, guys know. I'm not just yeah. like collecting them. No, no, no. Oh, Swiffers. That's what it was. I. Literally- <laughs> We needed a new feather duster. That that one we just sold you is shit. I don't know how to tell you. Exactly. But like you here's, really got to get a different 50, one. Thousand
0: ads for for feather dusters. For I don't the, know
1: if you saw how many ratings it had, but it was a low like, number. Yeah,
0: I already bought it. Man, it cost me twelve bucks a uh, done. That I'm already. Oh, only like, twelve
1: dollars. Oh, yeah. Oh God, Heathen. <laughs> I know. I, your and,
0: house is gonna explode. You know, for me, you know that that was the entirety of the of my relationship with feather dusters. <laughs> But but Amazon is convinced that I now collect them. Uh huh. <laughs> you, you have your pretty made costume. Yeah. And, and like, there's something so impersonal and so deeply broken about this one size fits all solution to, in this case, advertising. And so this is this is my favorite thing in the
1: room. Yeah. This
0: Water World magazine. Oh, it's
1: so much better than anything I've ever made. I love. <laughs> I truly, truly love them. Um, the other thing that I really love on that same desk is the video cassette. Yeah, pears—a taste for all seasons. Oh man! Um, which looks like wait, pears like the local youth organization, or is it something different? No, I believe that this is the food pears because the actual, cover art shows images of I, the food pears. Um, oh, it's actual pictures of it's actual. actual it's it's you know the flying windows style of yeah. of videography. Is that Mount Hood? Uh, possibly, I assume that and, there are, the must be pears. I
0: don't even know what's on here.
1: It's mostly pears and <laughs> really kind of bad photos. They they've yeah. only printed the the cover art to this wonderful VHS box in one color and it is green and it's yeah. a very good green. Yeah. Um. And there's just so many images of pears on the cover that it is almost like like psychedelic. Oh, it's like a it's a lot. Yeah, it's like hundreds and hundreds of pears. And all in different images. Like, I don't know how they collected that many images of pears. <laughs> um, but,
0: but well, like, they, they were just clipping, they were made, they were doing clippings from Pears magazine.
1: It's so good, though. All the choices in that. I've never watched the video, I have no <laughs> way to watch the video. But, like, the job that that designer did in selling that concept of pears, a taste for all seasons, is so expert. Like, I want, I want you pears. I don't even like pears. I want the pears on that VHS. It's funny. I wonder too, like I,
0: I, I I do the same, like hyper specificity is I think what we respond to. And I think there's a, I think there's a reason for that Yeah, because it's, you know, I, I, I've said, and going back to the idea of music, if, if we were to, if I were to tell someone that, um, one of my all-time favorite songs this is a fairly new song it's only from a few years ago is by a band called the world is a beautiful place and i am no longer afraid to die which is just the greatest name for a band ever yeah and the name of the song is uh i can fail at anything
1: (laughs) and damn (laughs) whoever's coming up with names for uh, them is really the
0: video is them playing in maybe a church or something i have a crush on literally everyone in the band and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they have like two drummers the video is absolutely gorgeous
1: two drummers so luxurious oh
0: my gosh and the song it's one of those songs where i if i wanted to if i wanted to i i could allow myself to cry every time i listen wow. to it uh it's powerful there's a line in the song that uh, that i think every it resonates with everyone i've ever talked to is uh, um uh uh being this age always felt so far away and it doesn't matter how old you are that's always true yeah um, and uh so But if I were to say that to somebody, and they also would put that song in their top five, that means more than we like the same sounds, right? That means more than we like the way drummers drum or keyboardists keyboard or guitarists guitar or singers sing. That means that that person and I have an emotional connection to the way the song was put together, the way the words were written the type of people who are in the video um, who I'm very much at like, that's, that's my entire aesthetic is everyone in the band. It's what I'm aiming at. <laughs> and, uh, um, and, and that, and I think that's part of that, that hyper specificity is not necessarily about that, that VHS. I'm also in love with, like it is, is not just because I super dig pears, although pears are great. Um yeah. But because of that idea that, that finding an, a connection to somebody because of a particular design or sound choice is about the emotional connection you have to that thing, and that's that's way more important, way more important than, you know, is this is this song properly structured? I don't even think people
1: who who spend what all does that of their even time, mean? I know, like I, I mean, I feel like that's an argument that we have in design too. Is like, it, so much of that is just nonsense.
0: <laughs> I tell my students every term, every term, every, at least every year. Every, every time a student will, will attempt to do grunge design or ask, like, can I, can I do grunge design for this? Yeah. Yeah. You totally, you totally can. You're going to fail, you know, not the project. I'm not going to give you an F, but is a, it's hard to overstate how little we cared about literally anything (laughs) in the nineties. Like we didn't, we didn't care about anything. We didn't, the picture of the band that's in front of a dumpster on the back of the CD. That wasn't because that was an aesthetic choice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's because they had a Polaroid <laughs> camera and they were all together, you know. At that, Take, that.
1: Taking a photo costs $4. <laughs> we're not going to do a second
0: one. No. So that's what they chose. And But the other piece of that that I say is all of the tools that we now have at our disposal makes everything on a straight line automatically. Yeah. It, when you type a word, it's on a straight line, which means if you want to make it feel off-center or uh, not perfect – you then have to make the choice to make it off-center or imperfect. Then it's not actually imperfect. Yeah, It's that you are dictating how that line is going to be rotated, those words. We were just cut. Everything looked like a, a, a ransom note Because that's the only (laughs) typefaces we had available to us. (laughs) We cut them out of the Sunday coupons and, and we put together a flyer, a punk rock flyer, because that's the only thing we had available to us. We used tape and then we photocopied it and it's in black and white. Not because we really dug that aesthetic because we only had 20 bucks and we had to print a hundred flyers. And this is, and so we, we spent four hours on a weekend to put together flyers and we had to do it again next weekend anyway. So whatever went on that flyer was it was exactly what needed to be on that flyer for that show. Yeah. And then we were done and then it was gone <laughs> forever. Now the a student wants to design a, a a grunge style CD cover or poster or something and they're going to spend, what, six weeks and like and like worry about how the, the M is kerned and like i'm like it's gonna it's gonna look wrong such <laughs> such such oh, yeah and I, I highly recommend it i would love for i, lo- I can't wait to see it yeah and, and it's and you're gonna find out real quick you want you want to
1: do it get it photo ready yeah bad news and- get out your ruby list <laughs> And so these I, are all old things that design used to have yeah, exactly. before we T-square. understood what like, computers were.
0: Yeah. Like T squares were an actual part of the industry yeah. because you had to care about straight lines. We don't have to care about it anymore. It's already done. Yeah. So all it's hard to make not
1: straight lines. It's
0: super hard. <laughs> like I, I really, even the curved lines we make are straight. Even yeah. when you draw on your phone now to circle something on like if you draw on a picture now and you draw a circle it'll like correct it to yeah everything's straight now
1: everything is the newton exactly everything's the newton yeah with with about the same level of handwriting recognition <laughs> unfortunately that's probably true they just ported that right into siri
0: yeah so i do I, I do and i think that i i think that it's a good exercise for a student to do um, to recognize how disconnected you can be from another aesthetic, another style, another culture or whatever. Yeah. Because, uh, um, because then you start to talk about why, when I see a punk rock flyer from the nineties for a show that I went to, somebody else is going to see it and not get it at all or think, Hey, that looks cool. And I'm going to have an emotional connection to it because it has, you know, Kevin seconds on it. And that's really, what's more important than, than the style. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how much this means or anything. I'm full of crap most of the time, so it's okay. Uh, same here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, like, and you told me to bring work. Yes, so, so you you have brought work. I did. You here. brought a
1: gigantic
0: poster. I did You take that side. Oh, look at that. Holy, Holy hell. This is, this, is, this is the first time this has been opened all the way. Actually, I might have opened it. No, I don't think I did. Um, in probably... I mean, f- way more than a decade.
1: This is like so. This poster is like five feet long. Yes, uh, and two and a half feet wide. Two decades. and a half feet wide. My yeah. God. Yeah, this is like a small billboard. It
0: it is, and uh, I'll disc- I'll try to describe it. It is a. It, what you can see is a map of the uh, the entirety of the United States, including Hawaii and Alaska. Uh, all to scale. So Alaska is to scale. Almost. Yeah, Alaska
1: is very big. It's
0: very big. We needed it to be to scale because the title of this giant poster is Native American and Alaskan tribes of the United States of America. Wow! And as a teenager, I worked for this tiny little company that did demographics for First Nations for for uh, reservations and for tribes and around the country.
1: Wow! Uh, and
0: there was there has always been a need for it, but my boss then recognized that there was a need to create a computerized version. And this is the late nineties, uh, when that didn't literally didn't exist. Yeah. So, um, and so it was a win-win for everybody. And it gave me a very wild view as a, as a goofy white kid from Northern California into a culture that I had no previous experience with at all. Yeah. Um, and so what this map is, is literally, every single uh um tribe or reservation in the United States um and that's why Alaska has to be a scale is because there's just so many there yeah this was designed in corel draw
1: oh god <laughs> corel um, for those of you who are are new to design <laughs> corel draw is kind of like the software that you would have used to make a poster if you were really good in 1995
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe but and it was i don't think uh, illustrator might have existed in its in a i, because corel I think draw it was did because it was
1: like 88 yeah, or but there something was still freehand was
0: still around yeah and, um and we were working on pcs and and uh instead of instead of max uh and so corel draw was kind of the only game when you're on a pc so i it was with layers and this file was over a gig And this is in the 90s. Yeah.
1: So this to describe this map a little bit more like this is not like a simple like map like this is this has terrain. Yeah. This has like I mean, there's there's like full waterways and like shadows and stuff. Shadows, which would have been pretty hard to do. Oh, man. At the time. We
0: bought the this. It is. It's a terrain map. It's And because that was important. Uh, an important piece of the understanding, especially yeah. where some of these, uh, some of these first nations are, um, when you start to look in places like South Carolina versus the West where the reservations are much larger, yeah. um, it is, is, is an understanding of where, wh- where they live conditionally, what the conditions, the natural conditions of those places. Yeah. Um, and so we bought these maps, these terrain maps from the U S government. And so they were, they were two, this, they were this size. Wow. So they could be printed at 300 dpi at this size um and i can't even i don't even know there's 352 total um
1: yeah it starts uh, it's there's so many that it's split up the map is in the center and then there's a list on
0: for just alaska this
1: is just alaska on my side and then ethan's side on the other side of the room is the rest of the continental u.s yeah. so
0: 352 just in the continental u.s how many in alaska
1: uh Two hundred and twenty three yeah
0: so five oh five hundred and fifty six hundred almost wow, six hundred total uh tribes, well, this was a very wild first piece of education in how to design a lot of information. there was no way to make this poster smaller, yeah, um, but uh it also this also hung in the white house in 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 Al Gore's office when he was vice president, okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not this one, but one just like it um. Because that was the headquarters at the time of the Bureau of Indian Affairs was the, with the office of the vice president. Uh, And so we filled a niche really quickly that didn't exist. This, this didn't exist before, before this nothing little company in in Northern California pulled it off. Um, So I think it's still being used in some universities and things. I think probably it's been aged out and by companies that are way better at it than I was at a, at a, whatever 18 year old kid
1: I mean but it like it does a good job like it really mm-hmm. I mean it's kind of shocking how few how few like like tribal lands there are on the east coast Ugh. and even on it's the brutal. west coast like I mean uh, in Alaska too like they're really small like they don't even they're not even large enough to really get a highlight like you do a highlight for you know the yeah. larger areas and really it's only Arizona that's that's beefy enough that it's like a, a reasonable chunk of the state.
0: Yeah, well, and Oklahoma as a state was supposed to be entirely reserved. Yeah, for for Native American tribes, and and of course, the U.S. went back on every treaty. Yeah, well, this, this, that's why. That's why. I mean, it's great that we ended up there, but this was a really good education as a designer to understand that I, without any cultural understanding, I had to be able to design this thing using other people's brains yeah that i had to be able to design something that was going to make sense for the people who were literally going to be in front of congressmen in front of uh in front of the president and other places and 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 that i was not able to do that for as a as a teenager designer um this is a this is an enormous amount of cultural understanding that i had to learn and i and i i i feel like at least i hope i i feel like it helped me understand that as a designer it wasn't always my job to have the right idea yeah you know sometimes it was just my job to to execute on the right idea and uh so this is where it's not pretty i'm not gonna put it on my portfolio this is not a pretty piece
1: i don't know it's pretty good i don't
0: know (laughs) you're you're kind it's using times new roman italic (laughs)
1: I mean, all the kids love it.
0: Yeah. And that's simply because, the italic just
1: says it's fun. That's
0: right. Uh, we, because we couldn't, we couldn't afford to license any typefaces, uh, because that wasn't, that wasn't the point. And so we had to use default everything.
1: Well, that, that. I mean, there's a weird, like, I mean, to, to, it looks very official. And I think that's also a job that it kind of needs to do too. Right. right? Like, absolutely.
0: Yeah. It did. It did. We, and, um, you know, we would, we would, we would do the work, um, we had a piece of software that would organize the entire demographics when we would um, count those things. So we had it all, we had it all digitized. And so the maps were almost a secondary piece to the software. The software is what was very useful, especially to the leaders of of the various First Nations and tribes. Because um, the software allowed them to be really like detailed in what they were, uh, what they were demanding in the courts, what mm. they were asking for in Congress. Yeah. And, um, the maps became, um, a visual representation of the importance of the software. Yeah. And I, and so that it looks official is thank you. I compliment. I think, but I think that was part of the purpose. I think it, it
1: is. Yeah, yeah. Cause I mean, it feels like it's meant, I mean, it's meant to speak to the Al Gore's of the world and the judges right. that would be deciding those cases. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we had, this was, this is the largest of the maps, but we had one for Alaska, one for California. One for each region of the country um, that would actually show you the you could actually see in South Carolina, um, you know the uh, the 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 outlines the very very small outlines of some of the reserved areas, um, or you would see simply a dot on the map where a where a First Nation was headquartered. Yeah, and they didn't have any land because it had been taken you know a hundred years ago. Wow! And, and so we're we, and this is twenty years ago that I was doing this, and still. Most of this hasn't been resolved. This is still going through the courts. I mean, they just finally, finally uh, resolved the one that's in Oklahoma at the Supreme Court level, and the and the city and state still won't do anything about it. Like they're literally fighting against the Supreme Court decision. And oh,
1: good, I know.
0: <laughs> um, and it's because the 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 data is what has to drive these things, um, because they like they meaning the courts, the Congress people. They need to be able to understand the data, but it's not the data that's important. It's the cultural destruction. Yeah. That, that, that's the actual story. And so how do you frame that in a way that, that a congressperson is going to hear, become emotionally attached to, become emotionally aware of, and then choose to do something about it? That's, that's what does in, in real. I would design this very differently now
1: well yeah like what would you how would you approach it oh man well first of all i wouldn't be
0: the designer i would hire i would i I wouldn't hire a teenage white kid in california Pro- probably
1: a first nations person absolutely
0: yeah absolutely i would and so as a creative director now what i would do is i would i would uh, i would build this from the start always based on the data because the data is what's important uh but then actually get them in front of of if we could get in front of a congressperson, great, but just get in front of somebody who has some legal expertise and then design a map that was intentionally emotional, yeah. that, that actually drove an emotional story, not just a data story. And, uh, and that's probably what I would do very different now is, is this has to be an emotional connection. The data, the data is what's important to make the change and to make it real. Um, uh, but the emotion, nobody will do anything about it if they don't feel emotionally connected to it. And that's, I think the, that's where modernism missed is that it was almost like they were trying to, to remove the emotional connection to any individual piece by, by simplifying it to a point where emotion was no longer a part of it. Yeah. And, uh, and again, that's a general, there's a rash generalization and, and I, I'm happy to have arguments about modernism <laughs> later with many of my friends. Uh, but, um. I think the way I would tackle it now would be to would be to creatively direct that idea is, OK, we need to get this in front of people who can who can choose to make change. And that change can happen. And whether it's the presidents of these First Nations or the uh, or the chiefs or the the directors or it's Congress people, or it's the or it's the church or it's education, it would be a very it used to be we would send the same map to the White House as we would to the University of Nebraska. But I would actually have different maps now for educational purposes versus, um, versus change making purposes in, in the Senate or whatever. Yeah. Um, So that's, that's how I would do it differently. Like this is a, this is a one solution to a lot, a lot of problems that are, that are occurring, um, I think it's, it makes much more sense to have a lot of solutions to those things.
1: I, I really like that. I think that, that speaks to, that speaks to the, the way I think that we've been talking this whole time. The world's a messy place and you got to have a lot of voices to, to make sense of it.
0: We do. And, and, you know, I, uh, (laughs) at the (laughs) Dunning-Kruger <laughs> the Dunning Kruger effect is something I teach all of my students. And uh, do you know what this is? Oh, like the, sure. Okay, okay. Yeah, just at a core, the the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. Yeah, which is very Socrates said that. I guess uh, was that Socrates? I don't remember. No, somebody, somebody said it. They were right. I don't know who said it. Huh. um, and I, and I think that's um, man, I I don't even know if I can put enough emotional force into it, uh, but I. I'm convinced that the creative industry and the creative people that we're seeing uh, come up into, uh, into the world um, will literally change the world. Because we are at a time where we need creative solutions to a lot of issues. Yeah. And and there is no one-size-fits-all solution to any – literally any – there is no problem at all that has a one-size-fits-all solution.
1: Yeah. And so we we've, need – We've seen – so many, so many problems created by people trying to wedge. That's right. <laughs> the one size fits all no, solution and, into things, and 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 so
0: many of the conflicts that even that we're currently going through, even when you're going through TikTok, yeah. So many of the conflicts come from this false narrative that that any that that any group of people can dictate what's wrong with another group and how to solve that other group's problems, or really just to tell them to stop complaining. That's the big thing. Yeah, and and our job is to have ideas and, uh, and the more people we can have from the more, from, from more, uh, the more ideas we can have from more people, from more places, from more histories, from more personal experiences, the better we are going to be able to solve for literally any problem. Yeah. Because we will have somebody who has an awareness and understanding and an emotional connection to that problem. And, uh, And so we're a long way off from that yet.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Recognizing the problem is an important part of it though.
0: Yeah. And recognizing that I can't solve it. I think that's been one of my, you know, uh, you know, get it growing up and getting smarter also means recognizing how much dumber I am
1: getting. (laughs) I mean, you're lucky that you got smarter because I've definitely not, <laughs> I'm not over getting the past smarter. decade.
0: I am not. I I am I am getting intentionally dumber. I am I am I'm making the actual effort to to learn as much as I can about things that I know nothing about. Just just to get a sense of how how little I can do, um, because I really do want to position myself in places where I can help find the people who can make those changes. Yeah. I want to position myself in places where. Um, where i can i can i can be a benefit to something even if it's a brand for a company i don't care uh, if i could be a benefit to the company in a way where um i'm i'm putting the right people in the room and not just assuming that i'm the right people that that feels like success to me
1: yeah yeah ethan yes um I've kept you here a very very long time. This is
0: great. You're going to have to edit a bunch of
1: this out, I guess. I know. Yeah. That's That's okay. All of these I've gone very long on. Um <laughs> do you is there anything if people want to learn more about you, where should they go to do that? <laughs> oh yeah, so
0: Ethan Allen Smith is like spelled the way you would imagine it and that's it's everywhere. EthanAllensmith.com, Smith EthanAllensmith on Instagram. Um it like that's the be- that's the best way to find me and uh, uh and and hit me up, man. I, that's great. I I that's I don't know how much you can learn from my portfolio. These days.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I we we always kind of have to do years. non-traditional plugs. I've, I've realized yeah. like,
0: yeah. Um, yeah. My, I, I really, do, I really should update my portfolio. I'm proud of the work that's on there, Yeah, but I, there's definitely, I need to update it.
1: Well, but, friends, if you're not designers already, then you should know that what you see in a design portfolio is always really about three or four year old work because <laughs> yeah. we're just we're very busy and we don't have time to update it. No,
0: Or we don't have the permission. I do a bunch oh, of work God, for, that, for yeah. companies that it's all on NDA. Yeah. And so I do high level work that will never see the light of day. And uh, that's true too. But uh, but Instagram Instagram's is a pretty clear view of of me as a person. Yes. Um, and I'm pretty open with it. I it's not private, but I still take pictures of my kids who are very patient with me as I and you are
1: very good oh thank you photography yeah that is you took you took a picture of me just now made it look like I was not some sort of troll which is (laughs) (laughs) largely how I feel so
0: that's what I'm aiming at you'll see a lot of pictures of non-trolls on my (laughs) no trolls
1: allowed you
0: heard it here first am I like I'm not even kidding my kids are so patient with me because we I like I'll get an I'll get a crazy idea that You know, this literally just happened just a couple months ago. I, I wanted, I saw a scene in Star Trek, the next generation, the way that they were lighting Tasha Yar in yesterday's Enterprise. Oh, sure. And I want to, I was like, I think I can pull that off. You know, I'm, I'm going to need like three lights and a black background or whatever. And my kids all were very patient with me and allowed me to do a photo shoot. And so that's the kind of shit that ends up on my Instagram page, along (laughs) with like pictures of my feet. (laughs) So, I'm not
1: sure if you want to put that out there on the internet. No, but, uh, my shoes, I should say my shoes. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Not my
0: feet. I'm not. Yeah, that's a different. That's a different bird. That's a different place on the internet. I don't yeah,
1: know. Yeah, you don't. You maybe don't want to spend time there. um
0: <laughs> I'm not emotionally connected to that part of the internet.
1: <laughs> oh, no. There's going to be an industry trade magazine for that now. Oh, God. Well, sure we've, we've willed it into dozens. the world. Um, thank you, Sean. Well, this, thank, is, this
0: was a blast. Thank
1: you so much, Ethan. Um, If you want to learn more about this show, uh, please go check out the places that it is online. You can probably find those in the bio. I had some places set up and then I changed the name of the show. So I don't <laughs> know where you would go at the time that I'm saying these words. Look at the bio. Did you do that? I did do that. And it's <laughs> I should have maybe made that decision prior to I don't know, maybe four hours before we recorded. <laughs> What are you gonna do? Yeah. Um but yeah, this is this is uh Did I Do That? I'm Sean Schumacher, and you know, someday I hope to find out if I did it. <laughs> you did it. You've I did it? it. You're doing it really well. Thank you. All the
0: things you do, you do really
1: well. You're very kind. Yeah, you're you're <laughs> much better though. <laughs> 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 All right. Oh, Bye, everybody. Oh,
0: brother tells this story and I'll probably butcher it but he was in a car with somebody they were just picking random people up to go to this show and this dude was actually like yeah I can't wait to get in a fight tonight and everybody's like yeah done oh and good dumb. yeah exactly thank you and then so he, my, my brother ends up at the show and there's this other dude there that's like I'm feeling like getting in a fight tonight and uh He's like, what's what oh, love on? connection? Going on? So that's what he's and they got in a fight in the back of the concert, <laughs> and that's exactly what my brother thought. He's like, that's adorable.
1: Aww, they found each other. They so found cute. their person. So we're we're in an interesting place with this here podcast because I I told you one name for the podcast and oh is it changing it might be um and I'm I I might try to do the intro and see see maybe how you're feeling about this particular okay. name I'm gonna
0: I'm gonna be very, it, I'm gonna be very mindful I should
1: warn you the initial name is stupid but this name is much more <laughs> stupid uh by by a, by leaps and bounds um <clears throat> all right. <sighs> uh it's my my vocal exercise uh hey welcome welcome to uh might help if i remember the name okay